Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Catholic radio station. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm joined this morning, as ever, by my co-host, Anne Satilli. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, listeners. And we have our lovely production manager, Annie Porter. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, y'all. So, um, I love that, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we are so glad to be with you with you all this morning on this feast of, we got two saints today. We've got the Saint Simon and Saint Jude today, the, the feast of Saint Simon and Jude. And we mention that especially because that is our topic for today. We're going to be talking about all saints since we have All Saints Day coming up on um, Sunday. So it's great to be able to talk about that as a topic today. And um, so as we get started with that, let's go ahead and open in prayer as we often, as we always do, right, on this show. We start with prayer. And it's so wonderful. Anne and I were both laughing to ourselves about how wonderful God is because our first reading today just really went along. It's right in. It It is our prayer. It is. It's our prayer. It became our prayer. It fits right in with what we're talking about. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for all um, who, all that you are in our lives. We thank you that you are our rock, that you are our redeemer. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your holiness. And we thank you for all of the saints that you've sent um, to just encourage us and to cheer us on as we journey toward you um, ever closer. And as we read in Ephesians two nineteen to 22 today, so then... You are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the holy ones and members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the capstone. Through him, the whole structure is held together and grows into a temple sacred in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And Lord, we thank you for those beautiful words, reminding us that we are no longer strangers, but we are fellow citizens with the holy ones, that we are members of your household, um, and that Christ is the cornerstone. He is the foundation, um, and we are thankful for that. We are thankful that we are being able to be um, brought together closer to you um, into this dwelling place of you in the Holy Spirit. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. So yeah, it was so wonderful, wasn't it, to, to to wake up this morning and read that reading and say, oh, God already knew we were going to be talking about this, and he gave us that perfect reading. I love this God surprises. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. So um, so listeners, we are, we're going to be talking about um, the the Feast of All Saints to, uh, that's coming up this weekend. And what does that mean? And as we started to pull it apart, Anna and I were just both so um, overwhelmed by just such beautiful stories. And then it helped remind us of stories in our own lives as well. And for those of you listeners who aren't Catholic, hopefully we'll be able to share with you some things that you might not know, have known or heard before. And that's always our mission. Our mission here on Shelter and Peace is to encourage you, to give you comfort and to give you peace and encourage but also to help you grow closer to God and, and grow in your faith. So that's what we're hoping and we're to do. growing along with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are each time. I feel like sometimes I'm doing this just for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> A little selfish. <laughs> I know. It's great. So talking about Feast of All Saints. So it's interesting. 
I think we have to back up one day, too, because it was interesting. I got to listen to Father Jim Blunt um, yesterday on his show. If you guys don't listen to Heaven's Light with Father Jim, tune in on Tuesdays at 2. He's amazing. It's just so wonderful, all the things he has to share. But he was talking yesterday briefly about Halloween, because Halloween, obviously, is on Saturday night. So it's October 31st. And Halloween actually used to be All Hallows Eve. It was actually All Hallows Eve. And hollow means holy one, because it was the eve of of the Feast of All Saints. And that's what it was, right? Right. Yeah. So it was really that celebration that the church the church had. So it wasn't about um, demons and goblins and whatever it is that's running around in our neighborhoods these days, but it was really about saints and angels. And so Father Blunt was telling a really um, sweet story about how his church, when he used to be pastor of a church in Central America, and they would have a wonderful All Hallows Eve party, and all of the kids in his parish would dress up as saints and angels, and then he would take them on a triumphant, all the saints go marching and march throughout <laughs> the whole church, and everybody would cheer, and it was really, it was really special. So it was more than just the candy. It was more than just the candy. Exactly. And so I think that was that was great. And once again, you know, as we continue to bring our children up um, in the Lord is to look at things like that and to say, okay, where are the places where our secular culture has appropriated maybe some of these um, wonderful feast days that were used in the past to really edify and encourage and lift up and be beautiful and holy. Um, and they've turned them into maybe some times that are a little bit more dark and scary than, than it was ever intended. Right. Right. Cause we have this beautiful, rich history and tradition that we can mm-hmm. tap into. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so all saints. So just like when, um, father Blunt was talking about with his saints and angels marching through his church, it was really just a time of, um, celebration and, um, encouragement. And each of the children I'm sure got to choose whatever saint they felt really close to, or, um, they wanted to be more like or whatever. And that's really what the saints are for. You know, the, these saints, the saints that are in our faith are to encourage us and to build our, our faith up. And it's, it's beautiful to even see what scripture says about them. Um, and, and, and I know in, in a few minutes, you're going to share about um, Hebrews 12, where it's really beautiful that the um, what it says in the Bible about um, about these saints. But what's interesting always to me is when we look at Scripture, when we read Scripture, sometimes you have to look at the whole context. And when you back up from Hebrews 12 back to Hebrews 11, it is very interesting how the writer of Hebrews is first telling us about um, some of the other patriarchs in our faith, you know, some of the other people that we look up to and that we are encouraged by and that we are enriched by their stories. And so if you look back at Hebrews 11, of course, the beginning of Hebrews 11 is really giving us the definition of faith. That's that first uh, Hebrews 11 one is faith is the realization of what is hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so it's encouraging us in our faith. It's defining faith for us. And then it's talking about the faith of our forefathers and all those people that we can look up to and look toward how they grew in their faith and how they how their faith was manifested as we think about how to grow in our faith as well. And he talks about even from the very beginning, um, by faith, Abel offered to God a sacrifice. And then later on, by faith, Noah warned about what was yet not seen. And then by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out and um, and talks more about Abraham and all that he he did. And then also by faith, Abraham, when put to the test, he offered up Isaac. 
Um, by faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months after his birth. And by faith, Moses refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So it really talks about all of the patriarchs and what they did just through faith, through faith alone and by obeying and doing what God's will was. And those words repeated over and over in that scripture are so telling by faith. They by did faith. this by faith. Exactly. By faith. Exactly. And so this is all about encouraging us in our own faith. And then it goes into Hebrews 12. So, Anne, you want to take over that part because it's so beautiful as it describes that part. So in Hebrews 11, it brings us back to those Old Testament, like you said, patriarchs. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes we fail to go back, like you, like you said. Yeah. And then this Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, brings us to the, the New Testament times and the times of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. Mm, that's so beautiful. So that um, we, we are running a race. Mm -hmm. We are running toward Jesus. Mm -hmm. We do uh, stumble as we carry our crosses, mm -hmm. but we can ask for the help of these witnesses that went before us that mm -hmm. we know they won the race. They're united with Jesus mm -hmm. and they can encourage us in, in our journey to, to join them in, in Satanhood and to, to join in the heavenly banquet with Jesus. Um, and this scripture really reminded me of, of just a power, powerful experience in my whole life of that being surrounded with the saints and that, um, that cloud of witness, mm -hmm. uh, at the Steubenville Atlanta youth conference several years ago. Um, we have a whole group of, uh, prayer warriors that come together and they're on site all weekend praying for interceding for the teenagers and the youth ministers and they pray with them. And um, on Saturday evening, while the teens are all eating dinner, there's 3000 of them, oh, wow. teenagers, uh, <laughs> while they're all eating dinner, the prayer ministers go into the, the room, the um, theater area, if you will, uh, where the teens are going to come in for the nightly session. Um, and on Saturday night, we have a Eucharist adoration and a procession and mm. it's very powerful and a, and a real time of um, worship and, and, and healing and, mm. and, and Jesus really shows up and does mighty things that night. Um, so the prayer ministers go in there and um, pray over every single solitary chair mm. individually, mm -hmm. asking for the Holy Spirit to come and bless each teen that will sit in each one of those chairs. Mm -hmm. um, and this one particular summer, I just felt really called to ask for the intercession of the saints as we were praying over these chairs. So I got a list of all of the parishes that would be represented in the groups of the kids. So there's over a hundred um, parishes. Oh, wow. Um, and what we did is we gathered in the center of the room and we prayed a litany of saints and called specifically on the names of the saints, the patrons of those groups of the kids that would be gathered. That in is that a space. beautiful idea. And the amazing thing was that one by one, you could feel the presence in the room filling mm -hmm. with um, with those with those prayers and those presence of, of those saints gathering mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. And you could almost visualize, you know, the amphitheater and the tears of saints joining us and, and lifting up to, to mm -hmm. heaven and surrounding mm -hmm. us with those prayers. Um, and after that night, after Saturday night, 
so many people came forward and shared that they felt the presence of the saints. They saw angels in the room. Wow. They heard them singing, holy, holy, holy. And they did not even know that that prayer had taken place while they were eating dinner. Oh my gosh. So, um, you know, I love it when our faith just is that real, you know, God Mm -hmm. breaks in those saints. Mm -hmm. They broke into our world to show us that God, that God is real and holy and they're with us and supporting us. Definitely. You know, so reminding us that those saints are alive, right? Right. They're alive in Christ. When Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated death. And so that, that communion of saints, that communion of witnesses, that cloud of witnesses, they are alive and they are interceding. Um, because what else are they doing but praying and praying and praising God the whole time, right? So it's they, their job. That's their job. <laughs> that is their, they've been commissioned to do that, right? Yes. That's their vacation now, um, that they are in heaven doing that for us. So how beautiful that the people here on earth felt that, that they really felt that, um, that, that, that presence. Um, you know, I was listening to father uh, Mike Schmidt. Most of, most of, most Catholics know who father Mike Schmidt is but these days. He's on YouTube all over the place. He's actually, um, uh, he leads the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota, so he works with college students, and he always has really great stories and examples uh, to describe something. So he was talking about the saints, um, and the story he shared really resonated with me because he was talking about um, a triathlon, and my husband and I have competed in quite a number of triathlons. We haven't done an Ironman triathlon, and that's what he was talking about. He was talking about doing Ironman triathlons, and apparently he and his whole family, I'm not really sure how I can't many imagine. people I know in his family do this, but basically what that means is they swim, I think it's 2.4 miles, they bike like 116 miles, and then they run a full marathon at the end of that. They're just like insane to think about that. But every year they go and do this together as a family, and he said, um, when you sign up for this triathlon, you have got to complete it by midnight. So you start at like seven in the morning and the course is open all day, but you have to complete this huge long triathlon by midnight. And if you don't complete by midnight, you get a DNF. Well, if you're an athlete out there, you know that nobody wants a DNF. DNF means did not finish, right? (laughs) And we're all in this race to finish. You know, think about us. You know, that's we as Christians, that's we're here to run that race. Like we just we just read. um, I think we just read that in Hebrews as well. But yeah, running the race. Yeah, the perseverance in the race that is set before us. Right. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. So he starts to describe and he said, you know, if as everybody finished, everybody, of course, was at different athletic abilities and they all finished at different times. And so he and his family, they all finished the, the Ironman triathlon and they went back and they got changed and they ate and then they came back. And your description of that tier of mm-hmm. witnesses, they said he said they came back and there were these stadium seats that were all set up near the finish line. So everybody was sitting, all the other athletes and all the people in the town were all tiered and tiered on the stadium seats all around the finish line. And they were all cheering people as they came in. And they're all watching the clock because they're like, everybody needs to get in by midnight. And all of a sudden the announcer came on and he said, we've got one more person out there and it's pitch black. And, and he said, it's quarter to 12 and this guy is two miles out, which means he's got to finish the final two miles in 15 minutes. And he's been racing all day long. And Father Mike said, I couldn't even imagine. I could not imagine that he could do it. And he said, what was amazing is what happened was these cloud, this cloud of witnesses, all of mm-hmm. these wonderful um, participants who had already finished their race like our angel, our saints in heaven have right. finished their race, right? All this cloud, these cloud of witnesses, they got off 
a bunch of them got up off the bleachers and ran back kind of a, a back cut to through way him. to meet him. Mm-hmm. And they started running alongside him. And they couldn't finish his race for him, but they could cheer him on. Right. They could cheer him on. And they said, we started getting updates. And when there were like seven minutes left, there's like, he's only a mile out now. Mm-hmm. And he thought, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. And this cloud of witnesses, this cloud of cheering spectators who had already gone before, who had already finished their race, ran this guy in and he finished with 13 seconds to spare. And I just got goosebumps, right? Just goosebumps. But that's what we have. That's who we have in heaven. We have these people who've gone before us. And we're going to talk in a minute about whether they're a a big S saint or a little S saint, but these people who've gone before us who already finished the race, but they want us to be home with them. They want us to finish the race. They don't want us to have a DNF next to our name. They want us to finish the race too. And that's who they're, that's, that's what they're here for. And so why not plug into that? Right. Right. Take advantage, take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, we talked about yesterday, Mari, that that they didn't even know this man, you know, Mm -hmm. they were total strangers Mm -hmm. and yet they, they wanted to support him and, and, and get him to the finish line. Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things that really hit me about this story was that they didn't even know him. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know him, but they, they cared about him so much. that. But they, they were part that. of a community, mm-hmm. that community of people who run triathlons. Right, and, right. Which I don't understand at all. But. <laughs> it is a very different community. I do have to tell you that. that is but what an awesome, awesome example for us. Yeah, yeah, it is wonderful. So listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are listening to Shelter and Peace here on The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. And we are talking about saints and all saints and all things saints because we've got the Feast of All Saints coming up um, this weekend. So we promised we were going to explain the whole big S saint and little S saint, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to start with that just briefly? You had mentioned, you had told me a little bit earlier today about the big S and the little S and I love the way you described it. So, um, so we're all on this journey to become saints. We talked about that. We're running mm-hmm. the race and yep. there are those who went before us. And uh, the the church has a process mm-hmm. of um, canonization mm-hmm. and um, giving us these saints that they know the church has proven that they're in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, there are miracles attributed to them. People mm-hmm. have prayed to them. And um, by their virtue and qualities in life, they've become capital S saints mm-hmm. and recognized by the church. So that would be all of the apostles and, mm-hmm. um, and martyrs. And, you know, we have St. Mother Teresa and mm-hmm. St. Pope John Paul and mm-hmm. Mother Drexel, you know, and all of those saints, mm-hmm. capital S saints. But then there are the people that have, have lived life with us here on earth that mm-hmm. live saintly lives Our you know, grandparents and uncle, your godparents, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a sister who, who's, you know, they've gone to heaven before us and Mm -hmm. we know in our hearts and through our our prayers and connections with them that um that they're in heaven and you know we don't know a hundred percent but and the church hasn't clarified that because Mm -hmm. they're unknown to the church but there are small Mm essence you know they're they're there for us in in heaven and we can ask for their intercession as as well yeah um you mentioned earlier the uh the idea of dressing up the little children you Mm -hmm. know as as saints and um i taught in a Catholic school. My children went to Catholic school and 
you know, we didn't celebrate Halloween, but mm-hmm. we celebrated All Saints Day mm-hmm. and with mass and, and the children all dressed up. Um, and it was so exciting. The teachers would all wait in the front of the school as they got out of the cars and, <laughs> you know, on that day to see what they were dressed up to as. To see which saint was coming out of the, <laughs> the Volvo the carpool, and, and, the, right. and the Honda minivan and all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the, it was really fun to ask the children, you know, mm-hmm. what saint are you? Because mm-hmm. some of them had no idea. You know, mm-hmm. my mother dressed me up like this. I have no idea what saint this is. You have candles on your head you're Santa Lucia <laughs> but um so we were out there this one this one day and, and a, a little boy got out of the car and he was dressed in this old baggy suit and this big wide tie and these huge glasses and this old hat on his head and um and so I immediately said to him well who are you dressed as what what saint are you because I just couldn't even imagine who it was um and he said I'm my grandfather David mm. and that he's a saint, you he's know, his saint. grandfather was yeah. in heaven. And yeah. I just thought that was a, that was a beautiful witness. And in all my years, I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen a, a child come dressed as, you know, a sainted grandparent or yeah. whoever. So, you know, and it brings such comf- comfort and consolation to realize we are a member of this communion of saints, mm-hmm. big saints, little saint, big, big S, little S. And we are, we are part of this. And it was interesting this weekend, um, we took my daughter on a college visit and we got to stop by this town where um, my in-laws both had grown up. And so one of the, we met a man who knew um, my husband's grandmother. So he knew my daughter's great grandmother. Oh, that's so special. And so he was telling her stories. He was telling my daughter stories of your great grandmother. And he said, she was the most influential woman in my life. And he told Mm -hmm. all these wonderful stories. And it was, it just really, I know I'm going to meet this man again. I'm going to see him again. And it was really on my heart because he's not Catholic. So he wouldn't really understand this unless I really explained. But I thought he spent 40 minutes talking about all the things she had done in his life and how she had encouraged him and how he he was so successful now today. And a lot of that was attributed to her and what he learned from her and her kindness and graciousness. And I remember thinking, he doesn't know that she's still rooting him on. She's still cheering for him. She cheered for him when she was here on earth. And she's still cheering for him there in heaven. Because if there's anybody who's going to be in heaven, I believe that Evelyn Sutherland is in heaven. (laughs) You know, so she's still cheering. And that because she isn't alive in Christ, he can actually ask for her for intercession for things that are on his heart because she still cares and she still, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's such, that's such a cool way to think about it. Um, so there are so many different saints there. And that's um, one of the other people. I know Anne and I were laughing. We both listened to Bishop Barron on this topic as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways he described it, it was so cool. He talked about the light of Christ and how if you look at God's light and God's light is like a pure, pure white light. And it's kind of like when a, when light hits a prism and then as it goes through the prism from the light that comes out, all of these colors, like the prism, like the rainbow prism of colors, um, you know, refract from that and go out. And he said, it's kind of like that, you know, God pours his light into each and every one of us and we reflect it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so he was describing how the communion of saints, there's so many different saints. There's so many different saints, just like there's so many different people. And so when you're thinking about, yeah, I would love to have a saint intercede for me. Who might that saint be? He said, you know, there's so many different ones you can choose from and you can think about who they might be because they're so, they're so they're so diverse and they're so different. It was just beautiful. Just listening to that, the way he described that. Um, 
And then, uh, then he also talked about the saints and kind of how they lived their lives. And that's what we're supposed to look at too, right? We're not just there to ask for their intercession, but we're there to potentially learn from them. And Anne, I know that that analogy struck you too, as far as how they lived their lives. It did. Um, Bishop Barron talked about uh, the story of, of Peter going out fishing all night and he, he catches nothing mm-hmm. and he goes back to the shore and, um, and Jesus says, well, you know, go back out there Uh and Jesus just gets in the boat and Peter allows him to get in the boat and take charge and they go out and, and have this amazing catch. Mm -hmm. And, and that is our example through the saints that, um, they allowed Jesus to get in the boat and take control. Yes. And so I've really been just in the last two days since we've been talking about this topic, praying about my own life, Mm -hmm. you know, where are the places that I need to let Jesus get in the boat and Mm -hmm. take control? Um, Mm -hmm. cause I would like to be a saint and I struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we can learn so much for them from them and the ways they were they allowed God to take control of their lives and the things that they had to let go of and the things that they suffered and and that um so um we're about to head to break when we come back from break we have a guest on this afternoon or the, the rest of this our time together today um who is going to talk to us a bit more about this topic and about his experiences and um thoughts around the saints as well so stay tuned we will be back with you shortly I'm Miriam Placta from St. Peter's Chanel in Roswell, Georgia. You're listening to Atlantic Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. You're pregnant? What are you going to do? This response puts abortion on the table. Although what are you going to do is a common response, this is not what you say when your friend tells you about her unplanned pregnancy. Women are created to nurture life. No woman truly wants to kill her own child. Unplanned pregnancies can be scary. 74% of women who've had abortions say that if one person would have offered support to help them, they would have chosen life. This approach, congratulations, you'll be a great mother and I'll help you, can be just what she needed to hear. God sent you to help her. Call 1-800-712-HELP to find the closest free pregnancy center. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you too. One listener shared. I don't know what I would do without The Quest. Every day I get an update on the Catholic Church and hear inspiring stories. I thought I knew a lot about my faith, but I'm learning something new every time I tune in. I feel connected to a larger Catholic community. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest provides Catholic content 24-7. While you'll only find us on your radio dial from dawn to dusk, you can listen live anywhere, anytime on thequestatlanta.com.
Welcome back, listeners. You are listening to Shelter in Peace on The Quest, your Catholic um, radio station here in Atlanta. I'm Mari Cleveland, along with Ann Satilli. We're back. We're back. And so those who've been listening so far, you know that our topic today is All Saints, because we have the Feast of All Saints coming up. And we promised you we had a guest coming on. We will be bringing him on in just a second. But before we introduce him, we did want to um, briefly mention um, just a couple of thoughts around intercession because I know we keep using that word. And for those of you maybe who aren't Catholic, you don't know what that maybe means. But when we talk about intercession of saints, it is essentially means that we ask we ask them to pray for us. We ask them to intercede to God on our behalf. It's no different from when you ask your best friend to pray for you about something or when you ask your mom or your dad to pray for you for something. And because we believe that we do have this cloud of witnesses who is who are all alive in Christ, we can they are alive. They're not dead. This is not necromancy or anything. We're not talking to dead people. They are alive. And so we ask them to intercede for us. And and I know you found um, a great quote from the catechism to share around that. I did. And, and I think it's important to um, to say, too, that that as Catholics, we look to scripture and tradition. Yep. And um, we look to the teachings of the church through the catechism to um you know, to teach us and guide mm-hmm. us in, in our, and, and when I read the catechism, it's amazing to me how much of it is just quoting scripture. Correct. A lot yep. of the catechism is our quotes of Holy scripture. Yeah. Right. Sacred scripture. Yeah. And we have this beautiful scripture, um, from revelation that mm-hmm. John gave us about intercession. Um, and, uh, it's from Le- revelation eight, one to five, when the lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stood before God and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel with a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given a great quantity of incense to offer with prayers of all the saints on the golden altar that is before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. It, mm-hmm. Those the, those are our prayers, yeah. you know, being brought before the Lord. The prayers the of the saints. saints. Yeah. The prayers of the saints. So yeah. that comes directly from from Scripture, from Revelation. That was Revelation eight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, uh, the Catechism that is also encouraging us to pray for the intercession of the saints. Um, this is from the Catechism twenty six eighty three. The witnesses who have preceded us into the kingdom, especially those whom the Church recognizes as saints share in the living tradition of prayer by the example of their lives, the transmission of their writings and their prayer today. They contemplate God, praise him and constantly care for those whom they left on earth. When they entered into the joy of their master, they were put in charge of many things. Their intercession is the most exalted service to God's plan. Mm. So we can and should ask them to intercede for us and for the whole world. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, so with that setting, I want to go ahead and introduce our um, our guest this this uh, rest of our show. I keep trying to say this afternoon. That's why I keep <laughs> stumbling over my words. But we have Father John Klein with us, and Father John is actually um, the chaplain at Holy Spirit Prep School here in Atlanta, and um, he is kind enough to come on and talk to us about saints. So welcome, Father John. We're glad to have you. Hi, good morning. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Good morning. And you've been listening to us so far, right? 
I have, yes. <laughs> so if we got anything wrong, you can correct yeah, us, right? Ahead. <laughs> yes. No, it was great. A lot of beautiful, in- inspiring stories there. And, um, yeah, the I like to also use the, the Scripture quote in St. Paul where he talks about how nothing can separate us from the love mm-hmm. of Christ. Right. St. Paul kind of goes, he goes through this, like, litany of things. And um, one of the ones is death, right? Not even death can separate yeah. us from the love of Christ. And so when, um, you know, St. Paul sees the image of a body, right, how we're all connected, and there's a real connection when you are baptized and um, the Trinity dwells in your soul, you're really connected to Christ. And so you can't be unconnected mm-hmm. from Christ. So Christ goes to heaven, and the saints that have preceded us are, are there with him in heaven, and through through Christ we are, we're connected. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it uh, we can... We can communicate with the saints through Christ mm. because they're they're more they're they're really with Him in heaven fully, and we're also really with Him on earth because He's the Trinity is in our soul. So there's a real connection, and I think that's the image that Saint Paul uses with the body. That yes, the finger and the big toe and the eyeball. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a real connection, and that's his point. Yeah. And so there's a real connection between us, and that's why it's called the communion of the saints that there's a real a union, and because of that, we can, um, just like my neighbor on earth can pray for me or my friend, so can my friend in heaven. That's who great. Who knows even more, more perfectly my need, or more perfectly is filled with God's love, or beholds His face. And, yeah, of course, it's strictly necessary that those prayers aren't needed, but it, it glorifies God when, when mm. we pray for each other. Mm. Just like it glorifies a dad of a family can directly take care of all the needs of everybody in his family, but it actually gives the Father more glory when one of his children, imitating his goodness and generosity, actually intercedes for or provides for the need of another brother. Mm. And so it actually actually kind of gives the Father more glory when we pray for and intercede for each other, and so that's why God not only he, he asks us to do it, right? In the Scripture, I think it's the book of James where James says, pray for each other. Like yeah, that's right. a, the yeah. Lord wants that. And so how much more um, do the saints in heaven feel that or desire that? Even so much so that like you have a, a St. Therese of Lisieux who said she wants to spend all of eternity doing good on earth uh, with her prayers, or St. Dominic before he died as well, saying to his fellow uh, Dominicans that he can do more good for them with, with his prayers from heaven than he can be being with them on earth. So there's a, a real beauty to that, the, the power and the fellowship of the saints. There's also a real, com- just a real comfort mm-hmm. and you just feel safe knowing mm-hmm. that you're part of something bigger than, than yourself and bigger yeah. than yeah. what you're dealing with here on earth. Right, right, yeah. So it's kind yeah. of like in the uh, Old Testament when, um, was it Elisha? Who was it, the one where the servant, he said, just look, don't you see around you? You know, we've got all these these people battling for us and, and they saw all the, the angels and saints around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have, have you guys seen The Chosen, the TV series? Yes. Yes. That's, uh, I mean, I, I just kind of, I don't know why it took me so long to watch all those episodes, but they're, uh, I'm totally a fan, big fan of The Chosen. And one of the most beautiful things, there's so many different moments where Christ encounters different people, Mary Magdalene, Peter, mm-hmm. um, the woman at the well. And um, what always, when he encounters them, it's, it's very much like uh, he 
those people in some way are all isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think of Mary Magdalene, and then you think of the woman at the well, or even Peter. He's fishing by himself on the boat, and he's frustrated, and he's about to go to prison. Um, But then once Christ comes to them, he... Uh, he welcomes them into his his fellowship, like mm-hmm. our St. Matthew, right? They all, they join the fellowship of the apostles, mm-hmm. and they become part of something, a family, uh, something bigger than themselves, and mm-hmm. they're not lonely anymore. They're not isolated anymore. They're, they're, uh, they support each other. They joke with each other. They, um, so I think that's one of the most beautiful things of our faith is that it's, we, it's a family mm-hmm. and that we're welcomed into a fellowship. And, um, yeah, I think all of us have some amazing moments in our past where we might have felt isolated and alone, or we have moments where we, we felt we, we belonged to something, a family, where we felt other people had our back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the most beautiful, uh, what brings joy to these characters, at least in the series when they're interpreting what their lives were like, is that uh, Jesus welcomes them into his, his, uh, his brotherhood or his um, community of apostles, and they become part of the chosen, right? The chosen is is in plural mm-hmm. uh, because Christ chooses us, and then He brings us together, and uh, we support each other and and bring out the best in each other. That's beautiful, and that that actually goes along with our first reading again today, right? Okay. Yeah, it all it all yeah. moves back together. Um, so we gave Father John a few questions. We we're going to ask him, but Father, we're going to skip around a little bit because you just did okay, such sure. a beautiful job of kind of sharing a, a lot of things from our first several questions. Um, sure. So uh, we love how you talked about their friends, and it was interesting. Um, Bishop Barron mentioned that as well. He talked about the saints being his friends, and it was a new concept for me, actually, to think about them as my friends. I think of, I usually think of them as role models or people I can look up to, but I've never really thought about them as being my friends before. But you actually talked about them as your friends as well. You talked about you had this friend group. You actually called them your clique of saints, which was hilarious. <laughs> Um, so can you tell us a couple of stories about your favorite saints and maybe how they became so personal to you? Yes. Um, I think it's really important for all of us to have a personal experience of, of having fellowship with a saint. And, um, if it's really true and it is true that they're, that they're there, that they pray for us in heaven. It's also true that they don't just pray for us in like a massive group from heaven, like, Dear God, help all the souls in the whole world to go to heaven. I'm sure they do that. <laughs> but they also, like, they pray for particular people. Mm. And they, um, and those particular people are us, right? A lot of saints in some way, God has entrusted us to their prayers. And so, I mean, I think the most clear example of kind of a saint in my own life and family who sort of just found us, or maybe uh, this saint, I don't know, the it was very clear that this saint was a part of our family and was praying for us and, and wanted to bless us. And that was uh, St. Gianna, actually. So she's a saint, um, not too old of a saint, right from, I think, I can't exactly remember that when she died in the 60s, maybe, but an mm-hmm. Italian uh, mother of four who died giving birth to her, her last child, who also has the name Gianna. But uh, she chose to uh, continue the pregnancy, even though it, it was, um, it meant negative health consequences for her, and she actually passed away from the pregnancy. Mm. But um, her daughter um, is alive and goes around, and and so basically, when I was a kid, I mean, I was um, my 
younger sister took St. Gianna as a confirmation saint. And then my older sister ended up entering the Dominican Sisters in, in Nashville and, and chose St. Gianna as a, a, a religious name. So she's Sister Mary Gianna. Mm-hmm. And then um, as I was kind of getting closer to my own ordination, the, um, I was thinking, okay, it would be beautiful. I don't see my sister very much. If we could take both of my sisters and we could go to the north of Italy, because I was going to be ordained in Rome, and we could have a mass on the tomb of St. Gianna. Hmm. And I had been there years before, and I knew it was locked. It was in a, um, it was, she's still buried in a cemetery, but there's like a little mausoleum there, and you have to have a key to go into her tomb, and there's a little altar there. So I was thinking, okay, in order to get in there, I got to find out, I got to find somebody who can help me to get in there. <laughs> and it just so happened that um, two months before I was ordained that her, her daughter, St. Um, Gianna's daughter is also Gianna, came to Holy Spirit here in Atlanta. Oh and gosh. that's kind of where I was working. And so I waited in line to see her. And then at the very end, I, I told her that uh, I you know, my key? two sisters... <laughs> Yeah, I basically said, hey, my two sisters have a devotion, and I would, uh, can I have mass on the tomb of your mother? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, the key. And um, she said she said that she would love to accompany us, and she gave me her cell phone number, and I was like, wow, that's pretty awesome. So she goes, <laughs> okay, Father, you gotta, wait, wait, you got to stop right there. So you have the cell phone number of the daughter of a saint. That, yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty rare. That kind of mind-blowing right there, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so then she just said, text me when you're in Italy. And so we, uh, when I was ordained, we drove up to, um, we drove up to Milan, which is kind of six hours north of Rome. And I messaged her, and she met us, and she spent the whole day with us, um, walking us around um, the little town outside of Milan where her mother was from, and took us. We got to see where she, where she got married, where she practiced as a as a doctor, mm. um, their childhood home, and then we went into the went to the the the, uh, the tomb she opened it up and we had mass with my whole family mm. there and uh, my two sisters my brother his wife uh, my parents saint Gianna's daughter was there and then i got to wear the vestments of saint Gianna's brother or her uncle i can't remember uh who oh. was also a priest wow and um we had uh, this beautiful mass there which is pretty rare to have mass on the tomb in a graveyard on the tomb of a saint with the daughter wow. of the saint with you, who looks exactly like her. Oh, wow. And then only later, after this, did I figure out that when I was baptized, I was actually baptized on April 28th, which is St. Gianna's feast day. Oh, wow. So there's like all these, like, <laughs> these different um, things kind of came together, and it was just very clear that... St. Gianna was present or had been present since very early in my family, uh, praying for us. And, um, that I, there was a personal link between me and both of my sisters with her. And, um, we were having one of my first masses on her, her tomb. So that was a really neat experience where it just felt like, wow, this, this saint Gianna is, is a real, just felt so real. And That's so awesome. So divine appointment uh, so after human. divine appointment after divine appointment in your yeah. life. Yeah. So that was, that was probably the most unexpected in the sense of the other saints in some way I had kind of heard their story and I was more attracted to um, them. And I kind of like felt like in some ways I sort of, I was more proactive in seeking out their friendship. Mm. Whereas with that one, it was just totally, 
Um, you know, everything was very, like God put that scene in my life. That, um, that is great. So listeners, if you were just tuning in, you were listening to Shelter in Peace, and we are talking today with Father John Klein, and we are talking about all saints and all things about saints. And he's sharing with us some of his own personal experiences with um, some of his friends who are saints. So it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think St. Gianna is part of his family for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And she made sure from the very moment you were baptized that she was going to she was yeah. going to be there. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's a beautiful that's if you're looking for maybe saints friendships, if you haven't really had any experiences, um, I would start with find out what day you were baptized and mm-hmm. see if that was the feast day of a saint and maybe do a novena or say a prayer to that saint or um you know, look at what was the saint if you're if you're Catholic and you're confirmed, usually you're you're asked to choose patron saint. And so you invoke that saint when you step forward and receive the sacrament from the bishop. The bishop actually calls you by the name of your saint. So those are two really those are two really clear sacramental moments in your life when um the saints somehow usually manifest their friendship. Mm-hmm. Because those are the saints take those commitments very seriously, right? If they're if you, they're your patron saints in baptism or in um, maybe your name, your, the saint you're named after, um, those are all um, pretty clear that those saints in heaven they don't they don't take that commitment lightly, and they're they're definitely. I'm praying for you. Yeah, one of the things that you said, Father, that I thought was so really important for us to hear was that you mentioned that when um, Jesus was here on earth, he was constantly bringing everyone into his work of salvation. And that, sure. um, and he continues to do that. All of us here on earth, you know, we talk about that. It's in scripture. It's in the catechism that we are co-laborers with God. God allows us to be co-laborers. And so what you said that really struck, really struck me was you said, you know, Jesus did that when he was here on earth. So he does it in heaven too. God gives these saints um, their vocation in heaven as well to continue to pray for us. Um, like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. I've, if you are familiar with like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have a parish or a church and the church has different ministries and there's people in charge of the different ministries and they help out the pastor. Or even if you're in Rome, you have the different dicasteries of the Vatican that focus on evangelization or priests or bishops or the lady. But I kind of imagine in heaven, you know, as, as long as there's souls on earth there, those saints are, are um, in some way still part of the mission and there's like dicasteries or ministries in heaven, you know, like, so you could, I was thinking like, you know, if I die, I want to be on like St. Therese of Lisieux, like her team, <laughs> which is like, you know, I'm sure she has a whole team. There's like tons of people that say her novenas and she's like, always trying to think of creative ways to get, you know, her blessings on earth. And you could kind of like be part of team St. Therese, <laughs> or you could be part of a team that intercedes for the poor or to end abortion. Or, I mean, there's probably like, there, there's definitely not a separation. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, they're in heaven and they're they're not suffering. They're seeing the the beatific vision, and um, but at the same time, they're fully engaged. They they they're aware of us on earth because Christ allows that. And another beautiful thing is I one of my other favorite saints uh, is Saint John Bosco, and I was able to go and uh, spend a week in Turin, and I remember entering the church of Saint John Bosco in Turin, and uh, on on one of the side altars is St. Dominic Savio, who is one of the, the young boys who, is, who came and 
was like in St. John Bosco's kind of his boys club or his oratory. And uh, you see there all this, um, um, all these people will come in Italy. It's kind of common to leave something there uh, at the tomb to, uh, as a, sim- a symbol of like your prayer intention. Mm-hmm. And then once, if you're, you receive that, that prayer, you come back and you, you leave a little medallion and they hang those on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a, a sign that you receive a sign of thanksgiving for the grace that you received. And so I remember looking over at St. Uh, Dominic Savi, who was, who was probably like 13 or 14 when he died. And it was just covered in all these like blue and pink ribbons mm. because it was all the couples that had come and, and asked mm. uh, his intercession mm. to have a child. Mm. And it was just like totally the whole area was just covered in them. And I was like, wow, if ever I, I when I die, Lord, I, I want to continue to to do, please let my my prayers continue to do good things on earth so I can be a saint like Dominic Savia, who is, has been dead for a hundred years, but he's still through through Christ. He's still alive and doing good on earth. Exactly. And the, I thought that's, yeah, just like that's in really James, cool. in, in James, when it talks about the prayers of a righteous man avail much, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, so that yeah. yeah, Lord, let my prayers continue to avail much. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so when you were one of the other things that you shared that I thought was would be really helpful for our listeners was you shared you know how to find the saints in your life. You mentioned a few minutes ago about your your date of your baptism, your confirmation, but that you also started mentioning some other things that we could keep in mind. Um, would you share that again? As far as like um, our passions and our hobbies and our all yes, that, yeah. yes, perfect. So um, another thing, I love music mm-hmm. and. Um, in some way, I was studying music when I was in college, and then little by little, it's, God kind of called me to be a priest. There was a pretty powerful experience, and so I left that. But I always had a desire to still play music, and God kind of showed me a lot of different ways and how I, I could use music to still be a part of evangelizing and ministry. And so one of the, the saints whose patron saint of music is St. Cecilia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so... She, in a certain way, like whenever I have to record a CD, I would, start, I would pray to St. Cecilia. And I got to go to her tomb when I was visiting Rome, and I got a, a little medal, and I had it blessed at her tomb, and I actually wear it around my neck. And um, so whenever I sing, there's a blessed medal of St. Cecilia. Aww. That's kind of like blessing your throat or, you know, around your neck, just mm. kind of as a uh, asking her, because in a certain way, saints... Um, Usually, depending on what what kind of life they live, they they have some God it, it manifests a certain gift or um, like Saint Cecilia with with music, mm-hmm. or you know John Paul II um, with his love for family, mm-hmm. um, also his love for sports. Um, there's a there's a patron saint almost for every kind of profession or um, activity that you can do or hobby that you can have, and so. If there's something like music or sports or family life or business or um, whatever it may be, you can you can look up a what the patron saint is. And, and usually when you read the story of the saint, it's because that particular activity or devotion was really key in, in their own life. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can find inspiration. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think what's cool about the saints is that there's one for every walk of life. So no matter what what kind of uh, thing you like to do or what suffering you're going through. There's it's nice to know that there was somebody who was, who walked before you. Mm-hmm. Of course there was Jesus, 
Um, and um, but there's a whole um, gamut of other saints who were just like you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no matter what you're going through, they also went through it, and they were able to make it to the end, to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And so they inspire you, like they could make it, and so I could make it too, right? Right. And um, and so I think that's another way you can look. What are your hobbies? What are the things you like to do? Um, and you can find a patron saint there, and you can start praying to them and asking them to bless your um, your profession, your family, your hobby. Um, and uh, so that's also well, a I think, way I think you I can think find too, a saint. You, know, you had said, uh, Father, that the saints manifest um, their friendship in our lives. And so maybe even just a generic prayer, you know, asking for revelation, mm. you know, over time, yeah. you, uh, you know, St. Gianna revealed herself to mm-hmm. you over time. And then you made connections as you started to open your eyes to her workings yeah. and her intercession in your life. So maybe just even generic prayers, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever saint that is, please manifest your friendship in my life and show me where I need yeah. you. Yeah. So, it, you know, two other things that you, when you said struck me as well, you mentioned Jesus. And so we we want to make it very clear. You you can always pray to Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> Please continue <laughs> to pray to Jesus. You know, you pray to God, you pray to Jesus. We're just talking about all this other community of saints that God has given this job to continue to pray for us, just like we ask our friends to pray for us. That's what we're talking about. Um, and if you listen to the quest, you may also have um, heard some of these wonderful spots. We have these spots on the radio called Lesser Known Saints. And some of our local guys here have put these together. They're wonderful. And I learned the other day there was even a saint for figure skaters. You know, like you said, Father, there are saints for everything. And so they talk about lesser known saints. We just have two minutes left. Um, it has gone by quickly to this morning. Sure. So before you close us in prayer, Father, is there anything else that you would like to share? Or anything else you want to make sure that our, that our listeners keep in mind when, it, when we're coming up on um, All Saints Day? Um, yes, and that is that you're called to be, everyone's called to be a saint. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the the biggest lies that we believe is that it's impossible, that we, we can't be saints, mm-hmm. that uh, we're too lost or too hopeless. And if you don't, if you feel that way, I would say watch The Chosen. It's such a, <laughs> and imagine imagine which character in The Chosen that you um, you feel like. But it's amazing that Jesus comes to all the saints, and it's an invitation that he gives to every one of us. And it's not something we earn or something we deserve, but Jesus comes and he invites us to sanctity. And so it's possible and you're called to be a saint and you can be a saint. And it's not about necessarily being perfect. It's about not giving up. It's Mm -hmm. about believing in his grace, persevering until the end, until you hobble across that finish line. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't matter if it's painful, the race is painful because it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. But um, you're going to make it and don't give up. Continue to believe and know that you're you're being cheered on and you're being called uh, to that to that finish line and that you can make it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, and so, Father, would you bless our listeners um, with a closing prayer for us? Yes. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be together today to reflect on the beauty and the richness of the communion of saints, this great um, fellowship this great communion that we're called into. And um, we ask you, all you saints in heaven, to pray for us, mm-hmm. to cheer us on, and to help us to, to uh, discover the fullness of the Father's love and to persevere in our unique vocation to leave a mark on this world and to be a part of an irreplaceable part of the communion of saints in heaven. So saints, pray for us, and Heavenly Father, please bless us as we 
um, take steps forward as we uh, strengthen us in our belief so we can believe we're called, we can believe in the power of your love, and we can uh, have the strength to persevere in our walk to be holy, and that we can come to know and love all the saints that you send into our lives to help us uh, make it to heaven. And we, I give you my blessing to all those who are listening. May Almighty God bless you all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank, thank you. you. So thank you, yeah, Father thank John. You. We really appreciate um, you being with us. Listeners, we thank you for tuning in again to Shelter and Peace. We look forward to being with you again next week.